0: you are now listening to the build a brain podcast with dr genie Zare. join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine you are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started.
1: It has been a wild few months. its I think I set a record. I've been in five countries within about three months' time. Wow. So I, I think... Set a record. Some of it was wonderful vacation, which I haven't taken an eight day vacation in a long, long time. And then the other two were definitely mission work and mind cap work. And so loved it. It's just been a great time because I love to travel. I have the bug.
0: I love that. the way that you live your life is so inspiring, and the fact that you have so much that you so freely share with everyone is really, really amazing. So I'm glad to be here as your producer, and I'm also so excited about Season 2 of Build a Brain Podcast. What is happening in Season 2, Dr. Zare?
1: we are going to tackle mediation ruben Feuerstein's official title for it was mediated learning experience and i would say he didn't um like he didn't create it but he recognized it and he defined it like no one else had ever done before him and so as i got deeper into his theory and read more and worked with him personally, it didn't take me too long to recognize that this idea of mediation is the method of how we change a brain.
0: I think this is a a really useful tool that we can use not only in our everyday lives, but then also in some of the specialized work that you do. Can you remind us again some of the uh, specialty work that you do and some of the clients that you serve?
1: Well, I am the executive director of an amazing nonprofit in Indiana called the Mind Cap Center. All one word, Mind Cap. But if you Google it on the website, there's a hyphen in between mind and cap, and Kibway will have it in the show notes. So you can go to our website, watch some videos there. And we take clients from all over the United States. We started just in our hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana, but now we've had people come from about, I think 10 different states, and even people come from outside of the United States who come to us for training. So at MindCap, we offer client care to children or adults who want their brain to work better. And our method is the Feuerstein program. We also are a authorized training center. So I work closely with the Feuerstein Institute, which is in Israel. So I offer training that is authorized through them to people in the United States, actually North America. So that happens a few times a year. The training piece, that would be for people who are teachers, social workers, psychologists, counselors. But actually, anyone can take the training. Ruben was adamant that, for example, if parents wanna learn how to help their child be a better thinker or learner, that parents could take the training. So even parents are in my courses. The personal story is always how we discover something that changes our life, right? And I was a teacher. I was at a school that had really high needs kids, a lot of children from poverty. And so they were bright kids, but could were their scores very good? No, academically they weren't doing real well. It's like they had gaps in their in their learning gaps and many of them had changed schools so many times was one of the issues so anyway I hear this guy Reuven Feuerstein give up give a lecture on a webinar and I'm going what this is this is wild he's talking that we can grow intelligence in people at any age and back in the 90s which is when I would have heard this I hadn't heard anything like this before in my life. And I'm going, okay, what's this guy talking about? So as you heard in the first 28 episodes of Build a Brain, you learned about how he identified the cognitive functions. And I mentioned in one of the early episodes about the method, and that's what we're really going to dive into now for the next 14 and 16 episodes is just what is mediation? And predominantly how is it different from other ways of teaching or interaction with humans, human to human interaction? And that is Reuven's definition is high quality human interaction. So Kibway, who in your life always could ask you good questions that made you think hard?
0: Well, the first person I think of is my mother. And then I have a couple of really good friends who are really great at asking questions and who challenge me to to think a little bit outside the box or even to question the conclusions that I've come up with to see if they are informed by maybe trauma or past experiences that might not be as beneficial for where I am today. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, very good. So you, you can bring up, faces, you know, your mother, your friends, that you're like, oh, if I really need to make a tough decision, you know that if you would go to them, they would, for one, listen. So part of mediation is the ability to actually listen well. So this is going to sound almost like it's a counseling method. And in reality, psychologists... Are very attracted to the Feuerstein method because it helps them define what they already do well. And that's be able to ask really good questions, but then listen to their client and be able to unpack what they just said and know now what am I going to say next? Yes, that's what mediation is also being able to listen to what they just said. Now, remember, my background is teaching. <laughs> So teachers, we can have some triple curses. One, if we're a woman, and then I'll unpack these for you. If I'm a woman and if I'm a mother and if I'm a special ed teacher, and here's why. Women love to nurture and mothers love to nurture and special ed teachers love to nurture. We love children. And so we're wired for that. But unfortunately, sometimes with the nurturing can come another word. It's called rescuing. When you mediate, you don't rescue as much. So with mediation, we're asking questions and we're learning how to then be quiet and not jump back in and ask another question because, oh, he didn't answer me right away. So apparently I need to reword my question because maybe, you know, he didn't understand. And as teachers, we are literally taught how to do this. That is called direct instruction. There is really good value in that. So it's not like you never do that. Here's where wisdom comes to play. As you learn the Feuerstein technique of mediation, or even if you're a good counselor, a good psychologist, you are learning the balance of when do I give direct instruction where I just teach someone how to do something and I do it well, but when do I ask a question and I rest and I'm quiet and I listen? Does the difference between those two make sense to you, Kidboy?
0: Yes. You said that women predominantly are prone to nurturing characteristics and qualities. But with that comes a level of overdoing it, which can become rescuing, which may not be as productive as what you had originally planned the nurturing to be. Right. And so if I'm hearing you correctly, mediation teaches you how to nurture and empower without rescuing.
1: Oh, love it. I'm going to use that. That's a great definition is nurturing by empowering and not rescuing. I love it.
0: So how do you do that? Now that we understand what that is, how do we do that? How do you even know when you're rescuing versus when you're nurturing?
1: You're rescuing if, for one, you're not listening. (laughs) If the child kind of cocks their head and looks at you quizzically, and so you jump in right away. And what we've discovered at the MindCap Center, now I've got a team of about 10 people. Um, Some of them only work summers and some work, you know, pretty full time year round. So I've got this amazing dynamic team that is around me and they have learned how to do this really well. So let's say it's a 12-year-old. In their head, mom's bringing them to another therapy, right? Somebody's gonna try and fix me, or it's gonna be some more tutoring because maybe this is a child that has struggled for whatever reason, whether they've had trauma in their background or they have a learning disability or they're ADHD or they have an autism diagnosis. I lovingly say, we don't care about the diagnosis. We just care about helping your child improve. So the diagnoses are not the top thing for us. We just want to know what are your goals, either for yourself or for your child. And so these kids will come in the first couple sessions. They're really baffled because we're not like a tutoring session. And when you're in a counseling session, that can be a little intimidating if you got somebody that's just sitting across the desk and doing talk therapy and just asking questions and you don't want to talk to this person because you don't know them and good counselors know of course how to build the relationship first so I'm I'm not coming down on talk therapy but for some teenagers that we've worked with they have been through several therapists with no success and when they come to us they're kind of surprised because we're putting a task in front of them, but it looks like nothing they have ever seen before. So they're looking at a page that might have dots or a page that has pictures, and we're turning our attention with them to this task and saying, tell me what you see on this page. Well, that's a totally open-ended question. There's no right answer. And so we literally want them to tell us what they see. One of my best stories is one of our mediators. Her name is Anne, and she had a little guy. He was probably only maybe at the time, he might've been seven or eight years old. And he had a brother who was a rock star academically. And this little guy had very serious learning problems. And so he lived in the shadow of the brother who always had the right answer. And so he tried to hide in school. All of us know either you were that person or you know someone who tried to hide behind the kid in front of you, hope the teacher never called on you, never raised your hand, just tried to slide and stay under the radar. Well, that was this kid. And Anne put one of these Feuerstein pages in front of him and asked him, tell me what you see on this page. Now, the kid is just gawking around the room because he's used to not answering a teacher's question. So he's just ignoring Ann and he's looking around the room and he finally catches eye contact with her and realizes that she is still waiting on him to answer. She's smiling. She's patient. She's kind of leaning in and looking at him. And here's what he says. He looks at her and goes, oh, did you mean me? So here's this little eight year old kid that was that tuned out that if an adult says something, he doesn't even know it could be me. And Anne just kind of chuckled and said, Yeah, buddy, it's just you and me. And so from that point on, she had him engaged because she waited she didn't tap him on the shoulder and go hey look at i wanted you to look at this page she didn't reword the question she waited and so we're really good at that at MindCap. we're really good at waiting and kids soon learn and i'm going to talk a lot about this in one of our our episodes in on reciprocity intentionality and reciprocity. Each of those is going to get their own episode but that's what intentionality sounds like is I ask a question and I'm willing to wait but I'm not on my phone as the mediator. That's what we call a person who uses this technique. Reuven entitled us with this title as mediator and we're not on our phone texting. We're not writing notes over here. We're Focused totally, and we are present with the child or the adult. It doesn't matter who we're working
0: with. But I think that's interesting that from such a young age, um, children can learn to really disengage and get used to being ignored. I think that sets you on a path to some behavioral problems because you're used to no one caring or listening or paying attention to you, and so therefore the only choices you have are to either self-isolate or to act out in order to gain some type of recognition or some type of acknowledgement even.
1: Yes, that word acknowledgement is really good, Kibway, because that's what we do when we mediate. We are acknowledging the person who is in front of us. And we are, we are not, you know, in our head thinking, oh, well, this kid's never gonna answer, or boy, she really doesn't understand what I'm trying to ask here. We're not running those kind of thoughts in our head. And sometimes we can be tempted to do that. As parents, if you think about, you've maybe heard, (laughs) Some parents, because I was guilty of this, I'm a mother of two and my husband and I were guilty of this. I wish I'd have found all this when I was a young mom and I'm so (laughs) honored to get to train and bring this to young parents because it is such a game changer as a parent, because we tend to just want to try to get things done with our kids. Mm -hmm. Did you eat your breakfast? Your socks don't match. Where's your shoes? You don't have your book bag packed. You know, we got to leave for five minutes or you're going to be late for school. Did you get Oh, wait a minute? You don't have the. uh, Yes, you got to have that your homework in your book bag, honey. Why don't you have your book bag packed? Does that sound familiar?
0: Yeah, that's just the everyday, you know, struggle. I think for families and single moms and single dads, you know, they have to be productive in order to live.
1: Yes, it's survival mode. And I and I'm not saying there's not a time of per place for you. You tell your kid, get your book bag and get in the car. <laughs> I tell parents you are in charge, and it's okay for you to be in charge at times. And your children should respect and obey you. But I think they will do it more often. If you are very mindful of your presence with them, I say, try to give every kid in the household five minutes of your undivided attention where you are not texting, you're not cooking, you're not on your laptop, you're not reading the newspaper, though people, parents don't do that anymore. You know, they've had a long day at work and they just want to kind of crash themselves. And so kids are just kind of a, yeah, honey, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just let me finish this text or daddy's got to do a little work right now, honey. I'll I'll talk to you at bedtime. So we kind of blow off the kids knowing we love them, that they have a good home. They're not abused. You're taking good care of your children. Yet, does every kid get five minutes of your undivided attention? a day and if you can do more uh sure that would that would be great but i i don't want to make the bar too high when everybody is so crazy busy but i'll tell you that five minutes will go a long way um and i got a feeling your mom gave you that because you talk about you and i've talked about your mom before
0: yeah she was she was very good at speaking to you as an individual i grew up with a really big family if any of you all are brand new to Build a Brain podcast and me and Jeannie in previous episodes, we've talked about, you know, I grew up in a big family. I have five sisters and another brother and my mother um, educated all of us up into a certain point until we went off to school and college and all this other kind of stuff. But she was very good at understanding individually the needs of each of her children and trying her best to address those needs. I myself had a lot of issues reading, a lot of issues with focus, a lot of issues with staying on task and completing things. While behaviorally, I was okay, I just, it was very difficult to keep me engaged with certain things. And so um, she would come up with these different tactics of helping me stay engaged. Um, And she even told me one time, she said, listen, the world communicates through words. If you don't read well, you're not going to be able to participate. The way that you want to in society and that's just is the way it is and so you have to start little by little getting better at reading getting better at intaking information and when she told me that i think i was probably 10 you know um i wasn't i wasn't into anything super advanced as far as academically but i was just trying to figure out a way to not have to to be a way to understand without having to slow down so far that I had to read absolutely everything. And um, my mother just kind of helped me understand that once you get to a certain level of understanding, of education, you can breeze through certain things, but not at the beginning. At the beginning, you really have to pay attention so you can put things in place so that you can start to pick up concepts much more more quickly, because I was good at that. I just wasn't good at like sitting down and doing all the rest of that stuff. So listening to you talk about mediating um, is so powerful to me because had I not been blessed with a, a mother who was good at educating, I think I could very easily have wound up in the cycle of not being acknowledged and not being understood and not being able to participate and therefore just finding myself farther and farther on the outskirts of society, which is what I think happens to a lot of kids. And it's funny that you say that about parents, especially because parents do keep the roof over your head and all the lights on and all these other things, but it's very difficult to slow down enough to give that five minutes, that 10 minutes, especially if you have you know, three or four kids. I mean, that could be a lot yeah yeah
1: if you're going to birth little humans you have just taken on a tremendous responsibility and so at MindCap, we absolutely take our responsibility to heart that we are walking beside you you have brought us your child because there's a challenge in his or her life whether it's trauma or autism or adhd or a foster child or a child with attachment disorder that was adopted and and things maybe aren't going well. So it's not, we're not going to tell you what to do, but we are sure going to walk with you. If I count up all my years, I think I could say about 45 years of experience in education. So I want to bring that wisdom to our clients and to this podcast.
0: For parents who are listening to this and they're like, okay, you know, I'm not sure I'm spending... You know, that, that quality five minutes. What are some, some of the first steps that they can use to start to implement mediation or even teach themselves how to mediate through the podcast or even through um, contacting MindCap? What are some of the first steps they would need to take?
1: Well, there's three questions I'm going to give you. Listeners, write, write this down. They're really simple. Question number one. What do you see? Question number two, what is the problem? And question number three, what is your plan? So what do you see, what is the problem, what is your plan? Now there's different ways to word those. Not only what do you see, but what do you already know? Or what did you hear about this topic? So your kid brings homework home and they slap it on the table and go, I don't know, the teacher told us we had to do this and I don't understand it. You know, they're they're venting. They're a fifth grader, having a fit because, and they're hoping that you as the parent will just sit down and kind of help do that homework, right? If they throw enough of a little hissy fit over the homework, but instead you're going to mediate. You're going to say, well, gosh, honey, I've got a couple minutes here. Uh, Tell me what you see on this page. Well, you're putting it back on the child's lap. You're putting it back on on them their shoulders for them to look at the page and tell you well it's it's a math page you know they'll they may still be uh, disgusted and not happy but just keep asking oh interesting yeah i see it's math what else do you see the what else do you see is getting them to hone their perception and you're listening to what they they answer and when you think they finally truly understand what's on that page then you can move on to well what do you think is the problem the teacher wants you to do or what is the challenge here so you're trying to get them to identify what they're supposed to do instead of you the parent rescuing and enabling them by you going, oh honey, I see it's two digit addition. Oh, you remember how to do this here. I'll show you how to do one. And we jump in, right? And try yeah. to try to rescue and help. No, get them to identify it. And then if they're calm now and they're actually responding to you, then you can say, well, where do you think you could start, or do you have a strategy for how you could how you could get started, or what's your plan? So those three simple questions, but the other side of the three questions is you got to listen.
0: Yeah, you
1: got to listen to what they answer with to decide what are you going to come back with.
0: Mm. You said something that I thought was very interesting. You said you have to ask them what their plan is. That sounds like a very ambitious ask, because most times kids don't have a plan. Can you explain that just a little bit?
1: Well, yes, because they can't get to that question number three because they haven't done one and two, Mm. because they haven't really looked at the page. They just got upset because they think it's too hard and they haven't really identified what is the problem. Maybe they've not even read the top of the page that might have instructions. So they can't have a plan because they haven't gone through steps number one and two. And if they are still stuck, then have at it, mom or dad or aunt or uncle, mentor, uh, big brother, whoever you are listening to this podcast and you're working with young people, you could be a tutor, you could work at Boys and Girls Club, um, then you can, of course, Dive in and instruct because if they are totally lost on what to do, now you're going to shift and you're going to put the other hat on of being a direct instructor and you're going to show them how to do two-digit addition or long division or how to reduce a fraction or how to write a, a paragraph, whatever the task is on that homework. But if you can mediate first and they it out what how to do it and what to do, huh? Your job's done. You go get a cup of coffee, <laughs> you come back, check on them, but you've just empowered them to do what they initially thought was something they couldn't do. But by you asking three really good questions and walking them through it, they now have their own thinking cap put on. They put on their own mind cap and they're doing the work instead of you. Isn't that a great idea?
0: I think. Asking those questions invites them to think, you've probably done something close to this. Because I know for me, man, my anxiety would go through the roof when I got through work that I didn't understand, or, you know, I was just a wreck.
1: Those three questions are such a good start. That in itself, what I've just commissioned you to do, can take a while to master. And what you're doing is helping yourself and your child and helping the frontal lobes of the brain stay in charge, and helping the amygdala, which is a whole other podcast, we'll hit that sometime, helping the amygdala to calm down and, and keep the thinking in charge. I think that is enough for our session. This is launching our season two, which we're so excited about, is to talk about mediation in depth on each episode. Thought by thought, block at a time. And now we have the 28 cognitive functions. Now we're going to build that brain a block at a time by understanding the parameters of mediation. So listeners, I hope you'll come back. I'm excited for this season
0: for listening to the build a brain podcast if you're wanting to know more information on how to build a brain please visit the website for the mind cap center in fort wayne indiana at www.mind-cap.org that's wwwmind porg Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. The specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build a better brain. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.